Hey guys, we are so excited to bring you guys this episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast because we're sharing with you guys some insider tips of our most successful clients at Nutrition Awareness, the people that get the most massive results. So we were sitting down, we were thinking about like, what do these people have in common? Mm -hmm. Because we work with people who are super successful, and then we work with people that we think are going to be successful, and then they fizzle out. Yep. So we sat down and we said, okay, what do these people have in common, and how can we help our other clients become successful like they are? Yeah. So our goal for you guys listening is to be able to take some of this information that we share and do a self-audit. Ask yourself for real if you're starting any kind of nutrition fitness or any kind of plan, whether it's related to your business or finance, and ask yourself if you are encompassing some of these traits that are really successful people encompass themselves. I want to start with the first one. Okay. I think the most successful clients are so honest. They are able to look themselves in the mirror and then share with me <laughs> what they're actually eating and what they're doing. They don't try to sugarcoat anything. They don't come in here, you know, trying to make it sound really, really good and, and that everything went great. But then under the surface, it really didn't go how they're saying. They're just honest. Yeah, I think I measure my most successful consultations by how little I'm talking. Mm. So if I have someone that comes in and they're giving me one word answers for everything and I'm not really getting into their lives and they're not telling me anything mm. and it's just me regurgitating a bunch of information, I really don't see that as a successful consultation or a successful coaching session for anybody in any form. If, if the coach is just talking at you the whole time and not really getting to know you or the doctor mm -hmm. is just talking at you the whole time and not really talking about what are the issues that you're having, then I feel like it's not a very successful yeah. session. Those sessions always feel so icky to me, you know. You're like you, pulling, like yeah. pull, trying to pull it out of them, and you're like, I don't know what to give you because you're not giving me anything. Agreed. And I, I know when I first started working as a dietitian, I always felt like if they weren't saying anything, I just had to like keep just spouting stuff at them or asking them questions. And I realized with those people, I kind of already have an idea, like something's just not right. And so I flat out ask people now, I'm like, you know, I noticed that you're not really talking very much or you're not really giving me enough to work with. What's on your mind? Like, what's going on? Where's this resistance coming from? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes people right then when they have permission to open up about something going on, they'll do it. And it's such a relief because for us, for both of us, it's yes. like they can finally talk. They're like, well, you know what? What actually is going on is I'm having some issues at home. You know, I don't want to get into it, but my family's going with this, and I just haven't thought about nutrition. I wanted to come in here with, like, a grade A report card, but here's the facts. And that's the best thing because then, oh, I can see what's going on. I understand. I can empathize. I'm not going to waste your time trying to give right. you more things to do right. when really nutrition just isn't the top priority. And so we meet you halfway. So if you come in and you're like, yep, everything's going great, mm -hmm. we're going to want to put more on your plate. Yeah, we're going to challenge you. Like, okay, that was easy. <laughs> okay, let's go. great. Well, let's add some more stuff. Yeah. And then when if what's really happening is that you're overwhelmed yeah. and you're not really willing to open up to us about that, mm -hmm. then we need, to take, we need to take a step back and figure out what are the things that are realistic for you to look at and mm -hmm. do right now. If over the next month you just started a new job and you're training another person mm -hmm. and you just got a puppy and your husband's having a hard time with like now is really not the time for you yeah. to introduce 17 other life goals yeah either now is the time to take a step back and figure out 
what are the things that are going to help you to feel good mm. and confident on the day-to-day that have to do with food and nutrition and that will benefit your body and put you in a good space mm. and put you in a good mood like we can figure that out and that's going to help you along the way so that when next time we see you in a month from now we can continue to build on those things rather than just saying here's 17 more things mm. i need you to do that you're not going to accomplish by the time you come back anyways that's going to leave you feeling frustrated mm-hmm. and you're not going to want to come back and see us Mm-mm. and it's going to leave us feeling frustrated because you're not getting any results from us yeah don't ghost us be honest just talk baby <laughs> yeah you know that it, I, this wasn't one that i had thought about but i think it's worth mentioning is i see the the most successful people know their limits too because I think some people kind of roll their eyes if we just talk about two or three big things at that initial consultation. They're like, aren't you going to give me this? And aren't, aren't, shouldn't I be doing this? And what do you think about that? And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, whoa, Nelly, we've got a lot to work on here. We need to identify the big things that are going to move the needle for you, the things that are going to make the biggest impact, lay that foundation, and then worry about the fine details. I always relate it to building a house. I mean, why are you focused on the backsplash of your kitchen or the color of your shutters if you don't even have the foundation to build this house on? You've got to master fundamental things, and we help you identify where you are in this house building process Mm -hmm. and work up from there. But if you're starting from ground zero, we're not going to be focusing on those silly things that don't matter. Don't even worry about that. Yeah, like, I think a really good example of that is what this creamer that I'm putting yes. in my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> like, do I need do I need to stop with the silk creamer in my coffee? <laughs> and I'm like, that is like 20 calories that yeah. you're having maybe twice a day. Like, we got way bigger fish to fry. Way bigger than that. So getting caught up in those those little things. Or another really good example of this is when whenever the new Netflix documentary comes out, which is like once every five or six months, there's another big nutrition one that comes out. And the last one was probably Game Changers, which I has would been say. a while. And I had a lot of clients that would come in and want to go straight vegan. So never ate a vegetable in their lives, <laughs> but yeah. I want to be vegan because I watched this Game Changers documentary. And so it sucks to kind of burst their bubble, but to be like, listen... You're going to do this for a couple weeks. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a step back and, like, maybe do a meatless Monday and see how that yeah. feels for you and see if that's something that you want to continue and want to keep going. And maybe eventually we'll get you to the point where you're totally vegan. Or maybe we won't. Maybe we'll get you to the point where you're just eating more plants mm-hmm. in your diet and you're getting the benefits in that way. So I think that goes along with knowing your limits, which yeah. is knowing what a good goal is yeah for you and being good humored about your limits right you're not superman nobody's expecting you to conquer the world with your diet you can laugh and be like yeah you're right i know i'm not going to be vegan for more than two weeks let's i'll (laughs) listen to what you're saying that's great like we should all be like that in a lot of areas in your life in our lives you can't let your ego or wishful thinking kind of get in the way of Reality, and I hesitate to say that because I do think people can achieve amazing, awesome things. Yeah, more than setting big goals is great. It's yeah, right. But again, you also have to come back down to earth sometimes and be like, okay, I know myself. I know that starting at that top ultimate level is just not a strategic move. That's okay. You're a human. I'm human. Let's be humans and laugh about it. That made me think of another habit that our mm. most successful clients have. They actually keep their appointments, yes, <laughs> whether they're doing well or not. Yeah. 
So the ones that keep their appointments when they're struggling mm -hmm. are the most successful. Mm -hmm. Because when you come to us and you're like, everything's going great, all we can do is give you a pat on the back and say, that's awesome, I'm really happy for you, A plus from your dietitian, let's keep going. Yeah. But a lot of times people think that's what we expect from them, and so we've laid out these goals, and if you come back and you haven't conquered them, they feel like, okay, I need to cancel, or I need to reschedule, I need more time so that I can get better at the goals that we set. Mm. When really what you need is to take a step back and figure out why are these goals not working mm -hmm. for you? That's when you need help. That's why you hire us. Mm -hmm. You hire us so we can help you in those times when you're struggling, not the times when you're doing awesome and you're doing all the things that we laid out already. I need you to come back when things aren't going well. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I can predict when someone's going to keep rescheduling or not showing up. And they're the people that aren't ready to make the big changes. They just can't admit it. And I can sense it sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They dance around it. They can't say it. And that's okay. You know, I'm, we would never well, we need force to be real someone. About it. We need to be real. Because then we're going to help you in something else. I've had at times where people come in and they want to lose weight or they want to change their diet. And the time we spend working together goes from being all about nutrition to hardly about nutrition at all. Because life happens and they just need something else mm -hmm. from me in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to be that person, but they've got to tell me. Right, exactly. So come to your appointments. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Please, come to your appointments. And whether it's with us or whether it's with any kind of coach or anything that you're trying to achieve in life when things are going hard, that's probably when you need to work mm -hmm. at it even more. Yeah. Not to just reschedule or put it off until the next time. Speaking of accountability, thinking about other successful clients, a lot of them have built-in integrated support systems, not just with us. They have people at home, they've got people at the office, they're friends, like they are immersing themselves in health-minded, growth mindset people, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. Whether they're listening to podcasts or reading research or hanging out with a group of friends that are actively trying to be healthier individuals and the people that they live with at home are on board with their healthy eating or at least tolerating the changes without giving them any grief, mm -hmm. they do so much better. And I know that sometimes that's not always fair because people are coming from different situations, they're coming from different families. But that's just one of the things. If you've got a support system and people around you are enthusiastic and match your level of excitement, your adherence is just going to be better. If you've ever attempted to improve your diet, we don't have to tell you that changing your eating habits is hard. Working with hundreds of clients one-on-one, -on -one, the root problem is typically one of two things. First, you don't have a clear plan or direction to help you stick to your eating goals. Or two, you have no one holding you accountable to these goals for the long haul. Your solution to both of these issues is DAP, which stands for Daily Accountability Program. DAP is a 30-day virtual coaching program where one of our registered dietitians at Nutrition Awareness not only helps you craft a personalized blueprint to reaching your goals, but holds you accountable to that plan every single day. During each 30-day cycle of DAP, we teach you how to plan and stick to your healthy lifestyle and or weight loss goals through personalized nutrition and daily accountability via video, audio, and text message. Nothing is automated. You're talking to a real-life dietitian who understands you, your lifestyle, struggles, and goals. If you're curious about DAP, we invite you to view our application 
which provides more information as well as some of the testimonials from previous clients who have found tremendous success on DAB. The application can be found on our website, www.orlandodietitian.com backslash coaching. Just scroll to the bottom and you'll see our application form. Again, that's orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. And if your support system right now isn't what you want it to be, get a new one. Yeah. Like, I don't have any tolerance for yeah. you not being, I mean, you can go to an F45 or a CrossFit or a row house or any of these new boutique style gyms and find other people that are active mm-hmm. that want to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. You can get on Instagram and follow all of the dietitians that are cooking healthy stuff in their kitchen like there are so many tribes out there now whether it's online or in person that you can join if you don't have the people at home that are not not that they're not supporting you maybe they're not but they're not doing they don't have the same goals as you Mm -hmm. find people with the same goals as you that is so true the conversations that you just have when you purposely put yourself in places where people are thinking about their health are radically different than other conversations you have with people who don't care about that at all. And if you haven't experienced that before, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's so true. I've got groups of friends where what they want to do is just eat and be lazy. And sometimes I'm in that mood, and that's when I call those friends. But then I've got those friends, like my group of friends, my two best girlfriends and I, we get up in the morning, we go to our fitness class, everybody at the gym knows each other, everybody communicates, follows each other on social media, posts about things that's those companies know what they're doing, first of all, those gyms. But it does, it becomes your circle of influence. The hard part is when you have people in your environment that you can't always control. And I think the problem I see for some people is that they have people that are very close in their lives that either consciously or subconsciously are sabotaging that person. Mm-hmm. Because if they see you change how you're eating, change how you're living your life, that freaks them out. <laughs> it freaks it them out. Back on them it does. Well. They're like, oh, wait a minute. That friend that I used to order all the appetizers with and share a picture of beer with is just not down for that anymore. Like, I don't even know this person. And then they feel bad. They feel kind of weird towards you. Not always, but it happens. I think the best thing that you can do in that situation is sharing your goals with that person. Yeah. Don't be quiet about your goals, whether Mm -hmm. it's your colleagues, your people that you work with, whether it's someone at home, whether it's a family member. If you can be open and honest about why you want to make changes, they are going to be so much more likely to respect that. So if you're telling somebody, you know what, I've had um, my AST and ALT, two two markers that show inflammation in the liver. You know what, the last two times I went to the doctor, they were high. And so I really need to get a handle on my drinking Mm -hmm. and I really need to get a handle on what I'm eating and I'm doing that for my health. And so this is a wake up call for me. And that's why I'm making these decisions. When you go into something, you're just like, "Eh, I don't know, I'm just not drinking anymore. Mm -hmm. And you don't really share what the real goal is. Then I think a lot of times people are more likely to be like, oh, come on, Mm -hmm. like, just do it. Yeah, one won't kill you. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I think, and if that person doesn't respect you after sharing something like that, then I think it's really time to think about distancing yourself yeah. from those types of relationships. Gosh, I'm so glad you brought up the alcohol thing because, I mean, if you follow, if listeners follow us on Instagram, I talk about that too. 
kind of letting go and changing my relationship with social drinking. And my biggest fear was because I have friends that what we do, we just we go to the bars together drinking or buddies. we're drinking by the pool. I feel like such a redneck. Sitting <laughs> with my drinking buddies. buddies. Crack. No. But it's true. It's like, oh, like they just kind of would expect me if I walk in the house, they pour me a glass of wine and it's like a gesture. And I was so afraid that like changing how I was drinking would make them feel uncomfortable around me or make them feel bad because that's not what I want. And it was such a great wake up moment for me. I almost, I was brought to tears. I'm an emotional person, you know, it's like cry up everything. I was brought to tears by my friend's reaction because I was really scared to open up to them and be like, guys, like alcohol doesn't serve me anymore. It's just nothing that I, I explained to them my reasoning. And they were like, Kate, we love you no matter what. And I was like, Dang it, I did a good job choosing friends. And they're like, we don't care if you drink as long as you don't care if we drink. And I was like, glug, glug, you know, yeah. I don't care, do what yeah. you want. So it was really nice. And now it will open my eyes to seeing that there might be people who don't react that way. And maybe they just don't belong in my life right now. And it's something that you kind of build up in your head. Oh, yeah. And so once you actually shared that, it went really well. And it probably brought you even closer to those people. And those people are going to be more likely to support what you told them you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Same thing with a, with a work environment. Mm-hmm. I had this conversation with a client this week. She keeps having these situations where the guys that she works with want her to come in for these 7.30 a.m. morning meetings, and her workout starts at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. every morning, mm-hmm. and that's that's her routine. And so she really put her foot down starting in January, and she was like, listen, guys, I'm not going to be at the 7.30 meeting. This is my time to do my workout. I understand that you guys are males. You can go do a workout. You shower and you get to work. I need a little more time. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> and so she just said, you know what? I need that hour from 7 to 8 for myself. And I'm going to be so much more productive. I'm going to be in a better mood. Mm. And you're going to get more out of me if I can just have this 7 to 8 period. And they were like, oh, respect. Yeah. Okay. Like, we can start that meeting at 8.15. There's an ROI. <laughs> right, exactly. So I think just being more open yeah. with people, if you have people that aren't necessarily supporting you mm. right now, to then gain that support system. I love that you mentioned openness, because that's another thing, that, that reminds me of another thing that really successful clients do, is that they're open and then they're reflective. And you and I both, we ask people questions that maybe they never would have expected to be asked at a nutrition consult because we want them to really reflect on how everything in their life influences their relationship with food, their relationship with their body, how they eat, their eating decisions. And so when we have clients who take a lot of time to self-reflect, not only in the office, but on their own time, they start to put pieces together. And then nothing's more fun to me than when a client comes in and they're like, Okay, so I was thinking about this, and I was remembering when I was a kid, and the way my mom used to cook dinner, and the way she would talk about food in front of me, and ever since then, I've, like I had this one client, this is a great story, she's trying to change her relationship with soda, and she is so just like attached to soda, and she could identify soda as being the commonality between every fun memory that she had as a kid. Everything she did was so fun. They'd crack open a soda, eat sunflower seeds, sit outside, and it was such an attachment for her. Hmm. And it's really helped her let go because she's like, oh, like it's just this little brain connection that I have that makes me want a soda because something's fun. doesn't actually enhance the experience now that I'm a, a grown adult. I can do other things for fun besides drinking a soda. That's just a deep-seated memory that mm-hmm. triggers me to want to drink a soda. Mm-hmm. And it's like she just came up with that on her own reflection. 
and she hasn't had a soda in 21 days. Wow. After having one, like, every day. That's awesome. Yeah. So you have to have, I mean, that's definitely something I recognize as well, that is some type of journaling process. So putting pen to paper a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And when I have people journal, I notice a huge difference between the people that come in and they write, like, I had oatmeal for breakfast, (laughs) and then for lunch I had a sub, and then for dinner I had tilapia and broccoli, versus the person who's actually thinking about how did these foods Mm. make me feel how full was I after I ate them? What's my self-confidence like mm-hmm. today? What's my energy like today? Those are the things that really matter. I don't yeah. really care that you had oatmeal and a sub and <laughs> fish. Like, I want to know the feelings behind those things mm-hmm. and the reactions that your body had behind those things because that's what's going to help me to help see patterns that maybe you didn't see. Yeah. Ooh, shameless plug here. But that's why I love our little daily accountability program it's like this virtual program that we've got and and people just think it's going to be like us saying like did you get your workout in did you eat your vegetables but really it's us being like okay like let's explore how food is integrated in your day and it gives us a chance to really see and then we ask questions to get you thinking about that mm-hmm. so if somebody sends me a message like hey you know i was just so exhausted today, I didn't have time to like eat this healthy meal, whatever. I'll be like, well, where's this exhaustion stemming from? Is it from your sleep? Is it because you didn't eat breakfast until 10 a.m. and then you just scarfed it down real quick? It helps us, helps you, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. I have a, a client who keeps a really awesome journal and I didn't talk to her for six weeks this past time. And so I had six weeks, she sends me her journal. And so I read through the six mm. weeks and one of the things that I recognized that she didn't was when she was, whenever she would write something negative about her body, Mm. she would write, I feel fat today, Mm. or my jeans don't fit today, or I'm super bloated today, or I feel gross, none of my clothes fit. Like whenever there was something negative going on about her body was also a super stressful day at work. Oh, cool. So it would be something like, I've been on conference calls like all day, or this person's getting on my nerves or whatever. So she would kind of write like everything from her day. And those things were so directly correlated that we kind of recognize that she puts her thoughts into her body mm. when she's trying to distract herself from something else mm-hmm. so stressing her out. Mm-hmm. So like something's stressing her, so she immediately goes to, let me think about food, let me think about body mm. image and how mm. I feel about myself because then I don't really have to think about this thing that's actually stressing me out yeah. or this project that's due or this thing that just got put onto my desk. And that was something that she couldn't really come up with on her own, but once we kind of read through it, we're like, well, now you need to start paying attention to that. Are yeah. you really feeling that way about your body or is it just a distraction from something else that you're stressed about? Isn't it funny how the mind just kind of has these automatic thought loops, mm-hmm. how we think about the same things over and over again, and people get caught up in these negative thought loops about food or their body or what they're eating, and then they wonder, like, why am I constantly repeating the same pattern? Why do I keep starting diets? Why do I keep messing up? And when you journal and you put pen to paper and you really reflect, you can start to identify those unhelpful thought patterns and then that gives you the awareness to change them, which is freaking hard, right? It's hard yeah, to absolutely. change your, your thoughts. Absolutely. Just because we figure that out, that doesn't mean yeah. it's going to all of a sudden be like, oh, I feel great yeah. every day now. Like, I love that's myself. That's what's going to happen, but at least it brings awareness to yeah. it. I always call it putting a shelf to your thoughts. Mm. So now your thoughts have somewhere to go versus you just keeping them up here all the time, mm-hmm. constantly, and they're always just swirling and you're coming back to them. Put them on paper 
give them a place to rest, mm-hmm. and then that way we can kind of evaluate those kind of things and how often does that come up and why. Yeah. I think journaling is definitely having a moment lately for every single area of life, but it is life-changing. Not to sound dramatic, but when I started journaling about things and being really intentional about my journaling, it's not like you're just keeping a diary, like, dear diary, today Sam looked at me and smiled. It's not like that. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you you were right about that. Who's Sam? I don't know. I hope there's no Sam that I know it's like what. But when when you get really reflective and intentional, then you can really change your own thoughts about your food and your body with practice. And I don't think people realize that, that your brain is this very moldable tool. Mm-hmm. And you can shape your own thoughts and you have complete sovereignty over about, about what you think. And when you put it on paper, you can almost like ingrain it in your own head. Like you're taking a stone and you're chiseling in the thoughts that you really want one day at a time. How do you want to think about your body? How do you want to think about food? You can write every single day in a journal, whether you believe it or not, like, I am healthy. I am in control of my food choices. I am putting my health first. And the more you do it, the more you start to believe it, the more you identify with those beliefs, and then your actions are reflective. So when you journal, not only do you get to find out more about yourself, but then you can also start becoming this person that you fantasize about being. You can do it. Yeah. And then I think you can also identify the action steps. Yeah that you need to take as well, which I think goes into probably one of the last habits we'll talk about, which is having some good stress relieving techniques Mm. in your back pocket that you're using on a regular basis. That don't include wine. That don't include, yes, (laughs) because that is, yes. I'm sorry to burst the bubble, the cab bubble. I I had this client who literally right before this, this session, she's awesome, she eats healthy, she's so dialed in. Stressful job, stressful life. Nightcap every night, couple glasses of wine. Wonders why she gains weight in the midsection. Especially if you're postmenopausal or around that age. <sighs> the sigh, yeah. Yeah, it's not going. The alcohol is not going to help. The alcohol is going to increase your inflammation. It's also going to make it harder for you to get into a deep sleep. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of people think alcohol helps them to fall asleep, and it does. But then your body cannot get into the deep sleep that mm-hmm. it needs to get into mm-hmm. to have those brain rejuvenation benefits. Mm-hmm. So while it may feel good to pour that glass of cab, just pour some kombucha in a wine glass. Yep. <laughs> Do some sparkling water with a little splash of palm juice or tart cherry juice. It's going to look the same, like get in the bathtub, do your <laughs> thing. But it doesn't need to be wine Mm-mm. every night. And a lot of times, too... When you start that reflection process and you kind of ask yourself, like, am I doing this because I actually want it or is it just a habit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I constantly do all the time? Yeah. So what are some, so wine is not, but what is what are some good stress relieving techniques that you've noticed mm. in some of your clients? People who turn off anything that triggers stress. Okay. So I'd say that's the first place. So it doesn't matter if you're in the bathtub, if you're checking emails and you're getting pings and pongs and you're stressed out, okay, then maybe you need to stop looking at things that trigger you. Even if you're just going to sit down and watch TV and read a book or something chill, it doesn't have to be a whole production. Just turn off the day's stressors. Mm-hmm. If, and I find if I ask that question, like, what are your best stress relieving techniques? And they just kind of look at me with a blank stare. Like, oh, this is something you've ever thought about. (laughs) And the first thing that people always say is, exercise. Yeah, exercise is a nice stress-relieving technique. That is not always true. Mm -mm. Yes, exercise can be great for stress, but 
a lot of times it can be a stressor. Mm-hmm. So I've had clients where they've been in these situations where they put so much pressure on themselves mm-hmm. to perform in whatever exercise that it is that it's actually adding additional stress to their body. And we've had to figure out some different forms of mm-hmm. exercise to do or maybe cutting back on that specific type and adding in a different type of exercise that's going to help bring those stress levels down. Which sometimes people, if their goal is to change their body or weight loss, they're very nervous. Yeah, I don't like, like that. <laughs> oh my gosh, like I have to lift six times six times a week like we had talked about with you. Like I have to lift really hard yeah. six times a week. And then you recognize, oh, my body actually does better if I'm not lifting for an hour six times a week. Yep. But I'm working in some gentle exercises that actually are bringing my stress levels down, not increasing exactly my stress levels. That was a hard pill to swallow, especially because people will have an experience with exercise that initially gives them a great result. Mm-hmm. They'll either lose a lot of weight, start feeling really good. And I think exercise is very addictive in a good way some, most of the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it can be a problem. And so you get very attached to one way of exercise and when it doesn't serve you anymore, it's hard to let go. Just like, I don't know, a relationship. So that's it, a hard one for people. Mm-hmm. But I agree, it's not always just going to be exercise, adding more exercise. Mm-hmm. I think one of the best things for stress is to actually just kind of be in your own head in quietness. Doesn't necessarily have to be meditation where you're sitting down and alming, but just kind of reflecting on your own self and kind of being at peace for once for the day. Which, yeah, it doesn't have to be that sit down alm. It could be you go for a walk with your dog in the yeah. evening. It could be the journaling process. Yeah. That could be something that counts as meditation. It could be something where like swimming where you're doing the same repetitive motion over and over and over again, but it's giving your brain a break to only really think about this specific thing. Yeah. And you know, if you're the type of person that you constantly have to be like listening to podcasts or watching TV or like you all, your brain always has to be going, putting yourself in a situation where you have to just shut off your brain. Hard. can be hard, <laughs> but can also be really stress relieving. Yeah. Well. I think the, the ending note on this is if it's hard, probably a sign that you should try it <laughs> if it seems uncomfortable and scary it's pretty yeah. big good sign not, not jumping off a bridge right but common sense here people if it seems hard if it seems uncomfortable that's probably a sign you should give it a whirl agreed let's move on to our most exciting segment healthy or not so today is healthy or not let's do chipotle Ooh. Sometimes I call it Kate Potley when I make it at home. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, okay. When you make it at home. Like, yeah, it's like my own okay. Kate Potley bowl. <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> sorry, that's fine. I think it's funny. <laughs> I chuckled to myself. Is Chipotle healthy or not? I think it's out of all of those grab-and-go places that have become so popular, those fast eateries, I suppose, it's definitely got a lot of healthy options, and it's one of the places where you can customize your order to be however you need it. Of course, there's going to be ingredients that need to be monitored as part of a healthy diet, but overall, you can do a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, it can be as healthy or as unhealthy as you want it to be. You can go in and get a 17, 1800 calorie burrito yeah. very easily. With chips and a soda. And all the sour. Do you know how much sour cream they put? Like, have you watched Yes, them? They, they take ridiculous. a ladle on it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, that is not a serving of sour cream. No, it's a trough. It's soup. Yeah. They turn it into soup. One of the biggest tips I can give anybody whenever you're getting cheese or sour cream or anything at one of those places, say just a little. 
Yeah. Just do a See little bit. actually put on it, and then you can say, okay, yeah. do you want a little bit more? Do a little mm. bit more. Yeah. So if I'm trying to go into Chipotle, put in a healthy order, I'm going to start with the brown rice mm-hmm. or the salad bowl. Mm-hmm. Usually the brown rice, because let's get real, I need some carbohydrates. <laughs> and then I'm going to do some beans. Usually I'll pick the black beans. I'll pick a protein, so I'll usually do the chicken or the sofritas mm-hmm. as the protein. And then I add the veggies mm-hmm. to it, so the fajita veggies. So don't just get the veggies on their own. Like, if you get the protein plus the veggies, then you're filling up on mm-hmm. fiber, which is great. Yep. And then you move on, and you get some tomatoes. You get some corn if you want. Yes, you can get the guac. Notice how much guac <laughs> they put on there. And if you're watching sodium, really yes. notice the guac. Yes. The, everything at Triple is going to be high in sodium. True. Everything at any kind of fast casual or any kind of restaurant is going to be high in sodium. The guac just blows my mind because it's so tiny. Mm-hmm. It's so frozen. <laughs> so that's one of the things if you have issues with high blood pressure, you can't eat Chipotle every day. No. Nope. You're going to be way through the roof on the sodium. Nope. But then adding the lettuce to the top, like as many veggies as you want, as much salsa as you want. Choose between your cheeses. Don't do the queso and the shredded cheese. You can't do both. My stomach churns <laughs> thinking about that. And, like, the sour cream, I would say, steer clear or just a little drizzle. Yeah, I just say, if you're, you know, with the fats, it's like you don't need all four of them. Just pick one or two. Pick a fat. Like, if you're going to do guac, do you really need the cheese? Do you really need the sour cream? If you want a little bit, fine. Whatever. I'm not the police. But be mindful that, that that's going to add up. And, too, if you want to get the full-on, like, what they're going to give you, maybe you break it down into two meals. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great so idea. So I did in college as well. When I was broke, I'd mm-hmm. make three meals out of that. I would say both brown rice and white rice because they'd give you double or a little bit extra, you know, if you asked for both. That was, like, a hack. And then I'd stretch it out. So you and don't need to eat the whole stuff. Breakfast in the morning, you throw an egg on top. Mm-hmm. Really stretch that. So Chipotle healthy or not? I'd say, yeah, if you want it to be. Yeah, if you want it to be. But if you also want it to be a total bomb on your day, yeah, you could do that too. What you don't want to think is just because this place is advertises that they have organic or non-GMO food, that does not automatically mean that you're making a healthy choice yep. just by walking in there. Similar to like just because you're buying your food at Whole Foods yeah. doesn't mean you're making a healthy choice. The health so halo. You still have to be conscious about the choices that you're making once you walk through that door. But yes, you can definitely get a healthy option there. Cool. Well, guys, we hope you found some value from this episode. I had fun talking about it. I love sharing client stories. Mm -hmm. If you guys heard something that you thought could really help a friend or family member, or if you want to put it on social media, we love to see when people listen to the podcast. Uh, If you put it in your stories and tag us at Nutrition Awareness, we'll send you some love. It means so much to us. And send us a message if there's any of those things that we talked about that you've been doing that you've really found some benefit from. We'd love to hear from you as well. 